Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. The Screen the Screener team preview series rolls on today where we head to the Atlantic 10 to preview the UMass Minutemen. We bring in Matt Votor of the Daily Hampshire Gazette. Matt has covered UMass now for many, many years, knows the program inside and out. Matt's going to give us a preview of the 2017-2018 college basketball season for the Minutemen, why the Minutemen decided to move in a different direction from Derek Kellogg, the Pat Kelsey saga, and how new coach Matt McCall is going to hopefully right the ship. We go through each of the players, talk about some of the major players coming back this year, including Rashawn Holloway, the 300-pound-plus big man who could be the best post player in the entire Atlantic 10. He's going to give us a look at the entire Minuteman program and even compare Holloway to a former New England great player. Our screen the Screener College Basketball Team Preview Series rolls on with Matt Vator of the Daily Hampshire Gazette. Let's bring Matt right in now talk about UMass. The Screen the Screener Podcast Team Preview Series rolls on today. We're fortunate to have Matt Vitor from the Daily Hampshire Gazette. He covers all things UMass sports, tremendous expert on UMass. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Vitor, D-H-G. Matt, thank you so much for a few minutes here. How are you doing today? Hey, no problem, guys. Glad to do it. I've actually been a listener of your podcast for a while. Oh, really appreciate it. Thank you. And, and our team preview series rolls on here, and we're going to talk about UMass basketball. Full disclosure, Matt, I have in-laws in Amherst, and I've attended many, many UMass games over the last 10 years or so. And I'll start by telling you that the loudest arena that I've been in was that game in 2014 where UMass defeated VCU, and Chaz Williams made that strip on Briante Weber. That was as loud and one of the most exciting games I'd ever been to. Yeah, that, that game kind of set the bar for UMass for a while. And I think the fact that, that they've struggled to to fill the building and that they've struggled to to make postseason in recent years, I think that was the game that they wanted to be more like. I think that's a it's it's interesting that you were there because I, I think that's what the program kind of envisions itself as. That was a fun night. Oh, it was, it was a fantastic night, and, and and things were really going well. Coach Kellogg had turned things around. We're headed in the right direction, but I guess we'll just start over the last few years. Coach Kellogg, who's no longer with the program, had really done a fantastic job recruiting, including this year, coming into this year. He had a great a group of recruits, but what sort of ended there with which, with Coach Kellogg? He played for UMass, really was able to recruit, but, but they had to part ways there after a while. I think that some of it was um, they'd made the uh, the NCAA tournament and lot, the year that they lost to Tennessee. And then things after that, they kind of they struggled for a couple years in a row. And I think people, I think the bar had been, had been set a little higher. I was a little surprised. I would have went into last year thinking that because they were going to be as young as they were, they had uh, a, you, the recruiting class that you mentioned. I thought I went into the year thinking that as long as things weren't disastrous that they had, you know, that, that he would have an, you know, that, that he wasn't really on the hot seat, but the way the year played out, they were, they were good in the non-conference schedule. They were good at the beginning of the conference schedule, beating Dayton and they kind of struggled down the stretch. And, and I think the fan base kind of soured and, and he was playing for an athletic director that didn't hire him. And that, you know, that that's always a challenge for, for coach. And I, I think that, that, I think that after that, I think I think the um, I think Ryan Bamford, the athletic director, thought that uh, he wasn't confident in Kellogg, and I don't know that they thought they would lose as many players as they did. UMass lost uh, lost several guys to to transfer, and so they're kind of really starting over again. Yeah, that's true, and and I thought the what went on in the summer was very interesting because Pat Kelsey gets hired. 
coming from from Winthrop. And then, of course, you were right there in the middle of this. They had the press conference. Everything was all set to go. And then and then all of a sudden he decides to return to Winthrop. Can you give us some inside information? What what exactly went, went on there? It was a weird day. Um, I literally uh, – the media that arrived early were in the press conference room and then other media were, were held outside because they, 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 and you could sort of see all of a sudden a murmur going through people working for the athletic department, talking to each other kind of furiously whispering and covering their mouths as they were doing it, that something was going on. And I didn't know if it was, you know, electrical problem or something with the video feed, but um, they came out and said, today's press conference has been canceled. Please leave, you know, please go home. And uh, and then all the so Pat Kelsey had had accepted the job. There was a day in between where he met a lot of people. He met with his team. He did some video promos, and then he was scheduled to do the press con- the press conference, and then didn't show up for it. And it and it was it was it was chaos. And um, I've been, I've been covering this beat for for twenty years, and that and you don't have too many days that are completely different than anything you've seen before. But that was certainly certainly one of those. And I think um, I think it made him a little gun shy after that. I think they were more more careful and and more deliberate as going forward with that um, before eventually uh, deciding on on Matt McCall. But it it's a uh, it's something that until Matt McCall has some success. I think it's it's something that 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 uh, it still bothers a lot of people. It's understandable, yeah, and and it's interesting in the A10 now, with Dayton having a new coach, VCU having a new coach, it's sort of wide open, you know. And there's a real changing of the guard here. You did a story for the Daily Hampshire Gazette about how Anthony Grant was expecting to hire Matt McCall at one point, and and it right. did, so and he has a lot of praise for Coach McCall. So it's it certainly seems like they have a solid guy in place right now. And with the Atlantic Ten being wide open, I, I think this is a great opportunity. Like you said, as long as he gets some success, you know, as, as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see this year. Um, UMass had some some bad luck out of the gate in the in the preseason. Jalen Brantley, the transfer from Maryland, who they're uh, hoping for a lot of things from. He's not going to play. They they discovered a heart condition. That's going. That's ending his basketball career. Rashawn Holloway, who he um, he's as much as anybody a guy that UMass has. It's hard to match up against for other teams. He's got a broken thumb right now. So the two guys they, that they were looking at as cornerstones for this season as they transition into the Matt McCall era. Uh, Holloway will be back. Brantley is out, but there's it's a thin roster. They've got four transfers sitting out. I think this year has probably a bit of a, a tough year. Um, not a really, I don't know that they have enough guys to really play his style, but it, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they weather that and, and, and how much success they have It's this year, as much as anything is kind of a, a building year to set the foundation for when, um, when the, the transfers that they have on campus become eligible next year going forward. And I think the type of guy you need in this situation, obviously is a positive guy, upbeat, you know, someone who's really going to put energy into the program. Only thing, Matt, that I heard about Coach McCall that, that I'd just like you to address quickly is there are some rumors that started coming out about how he had lost the locker room last year uh, down at Chattanooga. I, I don't know if there's any truth to that. Sometimes these things come out, but uh, is there anything you heard about that that you can say? Because otherwise it seems like he's, you know, he's got a, a good start here and he's had some adversity, but he's the right guy for the job. He didn't talk about the specifics of it. But he said that um, they said that during his interview at UMass, he talked about that and discussed 
the situations and the specific and he he let the UMass administration know the specifics of that. He um, kind of kept that to himself publicly, but he said there were things he learned from that, and there were some kind of unique situations apparently in that situ in that in that season for Chattanooga that that uh, he didn't think was was maybe something that was universally concerning, but something that that just affected that specific team. Well, that's good. They, you mentioned, of course, I was going to get to this about Jalen Brantley. Jalen Brantley was transferring in from Maryland. He's a guy from the area. He was someone that UMass was really looking to lean on. And then it came out in October, of course, with the, with the heart condition. I believe I read that he's still going to be sort of a captain with the team and, and be there with, with the group, but really tough situation for Jalen Brantley. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel bad for him, especially because had this happened when he was at Maryland, He's got a whole bunch of teammates around him that he's been, been around him for a while and, and guys that he knows he can lean on. This is a group that he's kind of still getting to know. He wasn't he wasn't at UMass in the summertime. He was finishing his degree at Maryland to make him eligible for the fifth year transfer. So all of a sudden he was expected to be new guy, leader, uh, scorer, lots of minutes. And now he's kind of new guy sideline. And that that's 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 a hard I have to think that's that's a hard situation to figure out where he fits and um challenging for for him the players you know have have certainly been outwardly supportive of a lot of messages of 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 being there for him on twitter and and so forth but it's gonna i I would i don't know exactly what his role is going to be but he's going to be around the team probably in kind of a student assistant role but yeah it is it's it's a it's a sad story because he had you know at least he had one more year of college basketball probably an overseas career to look forward to but but when you balance that against the potential tragedy that could have happened had he continued to play basketball it's it, it certainly uh, in some ways you have to look at it he's he's pretty lucky that they found it when they did no we certainly just hope for for good health for him that's of course first and foremost and and also looking there that the team is really built around uh, literally uh, around Rashawn Holloway who is one of the best big men maybe the best big man in the A10 you mentioned that he does have broken thumb he's he's expected to miss i think matt four to six weeks or so talk about him and, and his improvement he's really shown a lot last year and, and especially in the post and is really a force down low he's he's somebody that since he arrived on campus has been eager to get better he said that the thing that he said before umass had hired a coach is i, I want somebody that's, that's good with individual um instruction somebody that, that's good at, at player development and he has embraced the new staff, both the, the coaches and the conditioning staff. He's lost weight um, every year since he's he's been eligible. The, the difference for him from his uh, redshirt freshman year to his sophomore year was was significant. And he's looking healthier, looking um, you know more athletic already this year. So I, I, the challenge with the broken thumb is keeping him active, keeping him doing things so he doesn't lose his conditioning while this is going on because – he is a guy that there's nobody that physically naturally matches up with him. And so opposing teams will have to, whether it's double teams, whether it's zones, um, other creative ap- approaches to him, he's somebody that they will have to deal with. And that will make things a little easier for UMass's guys on, on the on the perimeter. So they need him to be healthy, and they certainly need him to be effective. And he has a chance to have a, uh, have a good year once he's healthy. 
At 6'11", 310 pounds, uh, he really has some great skills. I I went to Boston College years ago, and I remember uh, Donya Abrams, who was at BC, and uh, you know, not quite this big, but certainly same type of player in the post with the post moves and able to use his, his body aggressively offensively, and, and I, I think that's something that can really be a benefit for UMass. Somebody described Donya Abrams as having a um, – Having a a really a an all American level keister in terms of the way he, <laughs> the way he used it to 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 create space for himself and he was he was he was probably six seven um I, I remember him as well and probably six seven but but could, was really good at creating space for himself always that kind of player he's he's got very good footwork for for his size he he uh, he moves well. Um, he's gotten uh, from watching some of the preseason he gets up and down the floor pretty well so. Um, They've Matt McCall said that they've they've tried to look back at from the time when he was an assistant at Florida to look and see how the things they did to be effective with Al Horford and Joakim Noah. Um, yep. And certainly Holloway's not those guys, but he's also the the opponents that UMass is playing against aren't the same that the, the Florida was at that time, and to try to utilize some of the things within the up tempo system that they want to play that, that still that still really highlights the skills of. Uh, of big men and Malik Hines, who's who's probably the backup center coming in. They have a, a freshman named Kalia Turner Morris and a sophomore Chris Baldwin are all their front court is is definitely a strength for UMass and with with the back court having some questions. So I think McCall's trying to balance putting his system in, playing the way he wants to play in terms of up tempo, in terms of pressing, while still highlighting the fact that, that their best players are inside. Yeah, inside and then and returning, of course, for the guards is Luani Pipkins at at five eleven, one eighty five. Uh, he's a guy who is averaging ten point two points per game and two point three rebounds per game. He's sort of the out, outside guy there with Holloway, correct? He is, and I think he he's probably how he plays has will have as much to do with with how well UMass does because a lot's being put on him. He's the most accomplished score that they have on, on the perimeter right now. CJ Anderson has scored some, but, but Pipkins has, has had some big nights, but he's also going to be asked um, in press situations, I think to, uh, to hound the ball. He, he, uh, especially at the beginning of the season last year, he had some, um, he had some big, he had some big steals games. I'm uh, looking at his stats right now. He, he had, uh, he had 63 steals as a, as a freshman. And, you know, that's, that's almost, almost two per game. But he's also going to be the ball handler. So there's a lot on his plate. How he handles that will will go a long way to determining how how, how UMass does. And talk about freshman Unique McLean coming in. Uh, he's a guy who I think is somebody who can contribute. He's from Brooklyn, New York, 6'2", 175 pounds. Uh, what, what's his impact going to be here as, as one of the few incoming players on a, on a foundational UMass team that is going to build and is going to get better? I'm curious. He's as much an X factor as anybody. He's a ridiculous athlete. He's a guy that can jump over a car and dunk. I mean, he he has that kind of dunking ability. If you look him up on YouTube, there's some there's some impressive impressive dunking performances. But that that in itself doesn't doesn't get you far. They've they've challenged him to start by becoming a really good one on one defender and to use his athleticism. And, and they think he's a guy that that even had his height can guard guys that are are smaller because he that because he's He's quick enough, and guys that are significantly taller because of his athleticism. He's, his scoring probably happens in, in transition at the beginning. He's, he's not somebody who has a polished offensive game right now, and I, I think they'll hope to develop that. He spent he redshirted last year. He spent that time 
he said putting up putting up hundreds and hundreds of shots. He said his, his jump shots improved. He's not somebody that can that I think will score a lot with a hand in his face, but give him an open shot and he'll he'll have uh, a chance to make it. But but he's somebody he's as much a question mark as as there is. And he and and um and Carl Pierre, the uh, the true freshman coming in from Boston, both those guys are going to get a lot of chances to c- contribute. How how they take advantage of makes will make a pretty significant difference. That's absolutely the key. And I, I, like you said, I think this first year for Coach McCall is really just sort of a, a trial year to see how it goes. And then his recruiting can build. If he can make some headway with some of these young players and add some foundational pieces, like I said, in this A-10, I think it's wide open. And, and there are very few schools that when they're rolling in the, in the New England area has the sort of this sort of atmosphere that UMass has. I know that they have a new Champion Center facility that just opened this past year, sort of a state-of-the-art practice facility talk about it's got courts training machines whirlpools that's something that the kids want that when they come up here and they see these facilities they see the commitment to athletics and i think it makes umass more even more attractive it is it's it's something that uh it's something that that they looked at as uh as being something that would help them get to get recruits that they weren't getting before and and the guys uh the recruiting class that came in last year they cited a lot of those guys cited that that the weight rooms, the the practice stuff, the locker room. They said that you know that this was one of the nicest ones they had seen, and and that that really caught their attention. So that's become sort of a cornerstone of of what they're doing recruiting wise. It's something that each guy has a uh, has a key card that if you want to come in and, and practice your free throw shooting at two in the morning, you can come in and practice your free throw shooting at at two in the morning. All those wow. guys have, wow. have access for for that kind of thing. So it's um. It's something that that uh, that that in the arms race of facilities, in the arms race of college basketball, uh, I think help help put UMass closer to uh, to even footing with some of the uh, the top programs in the region and the top programs in the conference. Oh, this is great, Matt. I got one more for for you, and then we'll get you out of here. So, listen, a lot of sort of of chaos that went on in the off season, but things are finally settled. This is a a tremendous program that has a great history. Uh, Dr. J, Marcus Camby, Al Skinner, all all a lot of great guys that have gone through UMass basketball. Lou Rowe, we can just keep going. Tino right at the moment with everything going on, he he's been co- sort of crossed off of the UMass <laughs> alumni list lately. You, you know, my part. It's funny you say that. My partner and I. A lot of that stuff goes on, but you know what, Matt? I watch those games, and I watch that team, and there's a lot of great things that went on, and 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 UMass basketball has a tremendous history. Uh, we we choose to concentrate on the on the positive. I understand what you're saying, but the fact is, when UMass gets rolling, it's a great, great place. It's a great university, has a lot of uh, support for the program, and this is a foundational year. But what do you expect out of the Minutemen this year? How do you think their first year is going to go? And give a sort of prediction in the league and 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 beyond. I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm curious. I think I look at every year as kind of you start the year with a series of question marks, and and how many of those question marks have to go your way to be successful. Um, and I think you, I think you must needs a lot of them to, to to go their way. I think they need. I think the key guy or a key guy is Chris Baldwin. Uh, he didn't play a ton as a freshman. New coaching staff likes him a lot. He'll be there. I, I believe he'll be their starting power forward. Um, if he can be an impact guy, the guy that can that can rebound and can score in the post, I, I think that they can be better than than maybe expected. They're picked 12th in the in the Atlantic 10. I, I'd be surprised if they're contending for for postseason this year. But if they're if they're approaching, um, you know, if, if they if they're approaching 500 in, in league play, if they're starting to look like they're comfortable in the system, they they have 
CJ Anderson's the only um, only senior on the team. There's some opportunities for them to to use this as kind of a jumping off point for for things going forward. Well, that's great. Folks, we can't thank Matt Vitor enough. He writes for the Daily Hampshire Gazette. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Vitor, D-H-G. Matt, you do a fantastic job covering UMass basketball. It's one of the top, top programs in in the Northeast, and uh, we're, we're rooting for Coach McCall to get it right and things to get back on track. So uh, thanks so much for a few minutes here. We really appreciate it. And uh, if I'm up in Amherst uh, in a little bit, I'll look you up there. Maybe we'll connect. But uh, thanks so much for a few minutes. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Matt. Side. It's a seat of the